Welcome to Take It to the Hub, bringing you news from Davis High. This week, all Davis students, kindergartners through high schoolers, are on a break. Our first story interviews DHS staff and what they plan to do with their week off. Saturday marked the beginning of Davis High's Thanksgiving break, and for many, the holiday season. It seems that most DHS staff are staying in town and will be spending the holiday with family. Eric Baston, who teaches science, can think of at least three things he likes about Thanksgiving. The food, and then there's the food, and I think I also like the food a lot. History teacher Kevin Williams agrees. Pie might be the best part about Thanksgiving. I've learned to scale back on my eating of the actual dinner to leave room so that I can sample all the delicious pies. Williams's immediate family will be sharing two Thanksgiving meals, one on Sunday with his mother-in-law, and one on Thursday with his parents, two brothers, one sister, and several cousins. The day before, the clan will enjoy a family tradition. What we're going to do is get into an awesome cribbage tournament, which I've won three times, but I haven't won in the last like three or four years, and i got to bring home the, the gold this year. In the Craig Armstrong Library, librarians Angie Nadler and Bruce Cummings compare notes. Nadler's son, who is on break from school at UC San Diego, will be in town for the week, so she will cook a special meal for him, her husband, and possibly her mother-in-law. Her other son is in law school, but his vacation is too short to make the trip. Nadler appreciates the chance to be thankful for her loved ones. I like when our family is together because it's a time you can reflect and just be thankful for what you have. However, she worries that the commercialism of the holiday season is beginning to encroach on what is supposed to be a day of gratitude. I don't mind Black Friday, but now it seems to be Black Thursday, and that's the part I really don't like. Cummings has some school duties to take care of over break, but for the most part he will be relaxing with his family. He thinks that taking time off to appreciate the fortune we have is important. We are a very uh, blessed nation and a blessed community, and so um, a lot to be thankful for. In the art room, the radio blasts ads as Lynette Dean types away at her computer. Being an art teacher doesn't leave Dean much time to complete art of her own, so she will use the break to do some painting. I'm working on a series of portraits and uh, haven't finished any one, so maybe I can make that my goal for next week. Dean's Thanksgiving will be spent with her husband's family, though she notes that her extended relatives don't really keep in touch the rest of the year. She's glad to see them for a short while. I do love getting together and uh, having the good food and friends and companionship and giving thanks during the holidays. I think that's really important. For KDRT's Dirt on Davis, this is Isabel Montesanto. Helping people find books is only part of senior Claire Drown's job at the Yolo County Library. Find out why she loves working in a library. Senior Claire Drown likes to spend her time around books. She gets to do this at her job at the Yolo County Library. Um, I'm really drawn to libraries and reading, and I originally started as a volunteer position, but I really liked working with the library volunteers and the librarians, and um, I've decided to continue doing it, and it makes me very happy. 
Drown works at the reference desks in both the children's and adult sections in the library. Her favorite part of her job is when she gets to work with children. I get to interact with a lot of um, young kids and it's just, it's always a joy to be with them and to sort of see their happiness at being in a place that um, isn't always given so much respect. Drown is also taking the library assistant class at Davis High, which she says is quite different from her job. However, she says that the research skills she has learned in the class help her when she is at work. Um, the library assistant class is more academically based, so it's there's a lot of focus on learning different research techniques. Drown's appreciation for libraries came from her love of reading. Um, I've always utilized the library as a source of reading material, and um, working there has given me a new appreciation for how libraries work and the importance of reading. Drown is considering going into library science as a career in the, her future. Um, I really enjoy working in libraries, and I really enjoy helping the people who use libraries. Um, and I just, I love the environment a lot, so it's, going to work is never um, a disappointing thing. I'm always excited. For KDRT's Dirt on Davis, this is Cassie Archer. Twelve of the 17 players on the men's varsity basketball team are returning. What will this mean for other athletes trying to make the team? Last year, the men's varsity basketball team consisted of 17 total players, 11 of which were juniors and one sophomore. All 12 of them plan on returning to play for the 2015-16 season. The returning players will offer critical experience which head coach Daniel Gonzalez believes could be beneficial to the team. Anytime we get any returning players, that, that's always a key. That means the, the learning curve isn't as steep for, uh, the, you know, for the team as a whole. So the, you know, I expect good leadership and the fact that we have quite a few it's going to make it so that we can progress a little faster through our development of offense and defensive schemes. Returning player, junior Ben Bergevin, feels he has developed a strong team chemistry with the other returners. There's definitely a team chemistry between the people that have already been on the team because we've already had a year of playing together. However, there's a problem. With 12 expected returning players, it will be much harder for younger players to make the team's roster. Sophomore Quinn Vasewarn believes it will be harder to make this year's roster. Cuts are going to be tighter and that it's going to be really competitive, the tryouts, because there are a lot of returning players. However, it's not all bad. Vasewarn also believes that the smaller chance of new players making the team could create more competition. It's made me focus in more, like at practice, or like practicing on my own, like knowing that I have to go against other people. Coach Gonzalez says that despite the competition, it wouldn't be a surprise to see new players make the team as long as they work hard. And almost every year I've had guys that uh, weren't on the team the year before that actually make the team, uh, whether they're juniors, seniors, and sometimes even sophomores. So it, they're still open spots, and it's really more on how coachable they are, how hard they go, attitude, and then what kind of student they are. For KDRT's Jordan Davis, this is Ben Easton. Stay tuned for the sports podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode... Six? Six, holy Six. moly, of Take It to the Hub. Holy Toledo. This is Owen Yanker. I am joined, as always, by Will Bodendorfer and Dylan Lee. Thank you for joining us on this Thanksgiving break. Ooh. I hope everything's going well with everybody out there listening. I'm doing all right. Oh, wait. 
Oh, I'm doing alright. Oh, you're just gonna answer? Yeah. You're just gonna yeah. take our viewers and just like shove them under the rug. I just thought people like you know I'm doing alright. Cool. All right. I'm having a good time. There we go. I guess everybody's having a good time, so that's a good thing. Um, we're gonna hop right into our first topic here. Uh, just really quickly before we move on, uh, Eaton Tuttle was forcibly removed from the show after a poor performance last episode. That's right. We did actually figure out that it was Eaton, in fact, who had um, taken Dylan Lee. Mm -hmm. So that's where he was. I'm not sure. Wh where, where, did, where, did, where did he put you, Dylan? Where was he hiding you? Oh, you'd rather not. Yeah. You'd rather we'll not keep know. it. You know, yeah, we can't that's another episode. We can't mention that on the radio. So, so the first thing I want to talk about today is the NBA. Mm, heating up. The Warriors are having a good season. Will 15 and 0, yeah, we're yeah. killing it. Yeah, they're okay. They're okay. Yeah. Will is a Warriors fan, so I want to know, what do you think is the first thing that's going to happen? Are the Warriors going to lose, or are the Philadelphia 76ers, who are currently winless, going to win? Are they on 15? That, that sounds so, terrible. Well, you got to look at it this way. If I'm a Warriors fan right now, I'm literally holding my breath in anticipation of Steph Curry tweaking some ankle. He's been fine. Like that, that. that was a couple of years ago. Here's the thing. They, they've been winning games, but they haven't even been playing great. So we've been playing subpar. Our bench hasn't really lived up to what it was playing like last year. And we're still pulling out games. We're still winning games on the road, you know, back-to-back -back nights. I think the Clip or the 76ers, excuse me, have they have the at the Rockets 11-27. The Rockets obviously a great a lot of talent on the team, but they've been playing pretty crappily. So I think they might be able to sneak one out there. And if they don't do it there, 12-1 at home against the Lakers. I think that's. I think this the 76ers team doesn't get enough credit. I think they're all right. You got Nerlens Noel, sick haircut, uh, really athletic player. Uh, Brett Brown, the coach, is doing all he can. Um, they're bad, but they're not absolutely horrendous. They'll get a win, I would say, within the next couple of weeks. I gotta say these these Warriors are largely a product of their easy schedule. The Warriors mm. have one of the okay. easiest schedules in the NBA, and yeah, you no. look coming up that they've got pretty much pushover games. For the next uh, few weeks, maybe even like a well, month. Well, I mean, almost any game's a pushover, um, so it doesn't really, you know, well, almost any team. That's a bold statement, but uh, I can kind of back it up with the 15 and 0 record. Well, whereas I'll give you, I'll give you maybe a few more weeks. Steph Curry gets hurt. Um, okay. As okay. far as the Clippers, I think it's a subject that is just unavoidable at this point, honestly. Do you um, should we bring that up? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris Paul. Is oh wait, the no, devil. Just, oh, and what's the Clippers? Is it six and seven? Are they? They are. Below? Yeah, they're, they are currently below five hundred. Yeah, only, only one game ahead of my atrocious Sacramento one Kings. One game, Dylan. That one is game. terrible, Dylan. Well, I will not take them out of playoff contention. Okay. I will not take them out of. Dylan, I think you've lost all credibility. Contention. I, I'm not sure well, I can listen to you for any sports advice ever again. That's, that's debatable, it, yeah. seeing as we'll be discussing. I don't think it's debatable. I think it's a fact. You are. Shall I cite my references? Houston Astros. You are more. 2015. That was. Obviously a fluke. You are more off the walls than van shoes. Okay. Okay. Wow. All right. That was a terrible one. <laughs> all right. Sponsorship so. <laughs> plug. Um, well, they're bad. So, so Chris Paul. We need to discuss this. Chris mm -hmm. Paul is a shorter version of Doctor Evil. He is. He is tearing wow. apart. Tearing apart the organization. And you're, and you're going after me here, and you just compared Chris Paul to Doctor Evil. Evil. Are you? So he's freaking kidding me. Chris Paul is a locker room cancer. I will agree with the the NBA analyst and legendary Vince Staples in saying that Chris Paul is one of the most the the one of the worst attitudes in the league. Yeah. He's cool. uh he causes issues with the team all around. He he plays well, but I don't think it's well enough to justify keeping him around. I think we got to get rid of Chris Paul. I think he's become somewhat of an antichrist uh, in L.A. Well, he's. I think I, I want to stop you here. Speaking of antichrist and cancers, you know, to a team recently, LeBron walked oh, off yes. walked off the court after um, something. 
well, there was a timeout, and he just kind of walked off. He walked off the court. He, he was fine. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, well, there's been a couple changes in LeBron uh, just this season. We've seen a little bit of the, the stash is coming along. Ooh, I wouldn't say pedo yeah. stash, but bringing it back. Uh, yeah, like, he's got that is it like Tommy McTighe yeah, stash. That, that? It's uh, it doesn't look bad. <laughs> And then also, he's wearing his shorts unbelievably short uh, this year. I, support, I like I the support look. That. I like the look. I like Ain't nothing wrong with that. I, I, I like the old dad we've look. We've got the ripped. Remember when he ripped the sleeve jersey? That's right. A little bit of a change attitude. However, the clip or the uh, Cavaliers are still 11 and three, top of the Eastern Conference. So it's obviously not really hurting them at all. But it has been interesting. He's becoming basically a cranky old man. Uh, he's balding. I'm sure that's not helping his attitude. You know, I think that has something to do with when he got hit in the head in the playoffs last year by that mm. cameraman. Oh, yeah. I think that set something off. I think The Bosley just yeah. stopped working. That's think, probably what it was. I think it screwed him up there. Yeah. I know the last thing you guys want to hear is more Clippers talk, but speaking of technical fouls, uh, Chris Paul again, back to the Antichrist. He is currently screwing over an entire city, an entire organization, with his just foolish moves on and off the court. He's got – he can't control his temper. He needs to bring more control to a well, team that lacks I, a lot of discipline yeah. right now. But I think you can't really question why DeAndre Jordan wanted to leave in the first He's, he's more of a, a whiny little back. kid than a leader at this point. Yeah. And it's it's becoming a problem for me. But you know who's you know, you know who is a true leader? Kristaps Porzingis. That's who we need to talk about. Poor that man. Porzingis. three six Latvia. Whatever you want to call him, this guy is the real deal. People thought he was going to be a bust. He got booed at draft day. He's a Latvian Kevin Garnett. That put it out. He there. is wow. a behemoth, man. He's a big man, but he and people were comparing him to Dirk just because I think they thought foreign guy, you know, he'd be and he's a good shooter just like Dirk. But he is an aggressive player. He gets put back dunks. He trash talks. It's fantastic. He is looking like Dirk in his prime right now, and this is his with first a little season. bit more aggression. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's sprinkled in, and so the sky's the limit with that guy. Um, but man, he has been the real. And I've been even the thing about this draft too. It's like. Carl Anthony Towns has been a great pick. Mm-hmm. Okafor, I mean, obviously the Sixers, everybody's struggling, but he's been a bright spot. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell not playing great, but I don't think anyone really thought the Lakers were going to take Przingis. No. Everyone's kind of, you know, these, all these picks have looked good so far. There hasn't really been a bust, and I think Przingis kind of been the, you know, the the header of it all. Just this this rookie class is going to be probably one of the best we've seen in a long time. And it's funny because when they were doing the draft, I remember before the season, none of these guys, you know, were headliners. They were yeah, just, I mean, even all, Towns were, was looking like a project. They, they were all really iffy. Yeah, yeah Okafor had the the um, attitude issues, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, Przingis is. I'm just going to start calling him I don't even care what his real name. I tried to actually <laughs> buy a Latvian Przingis jersey. Wow. They don't sell them online. No. So hopefully I'm thinking within the next couple of months they, somebody They'd probably make... steal your credit card number. Yeah, but, you know, or so, yeah. But anyway, it's I still worth it. It's worth it, Brzezingis, exactly. You know? But he's been the real deal, so I think it's going to be really exciting to see what he does. Uh, but, yeah, that'll probably wrap it up for the NBA for us. All right, so now we're going to move on to college football. I want to talk about Iowa, who who Dylan predicted a few weeks ago as his dark horse candidate. You got that on Iowa the money. Is, Iowa is still undefeated. I believe they're 10 and 0. Have we now yeah. switched to a complimentary tone for Dylan's analytical eh, we'll abilities? See. We'll see. Is we'll that what we're doing that. now? Because I, I re- recently recall you uh, getting angry for me about my Clippers picks, just just declaring me a fraud. You know. Okay. Um, well, anyway, I would say just my history of my history uh, of picks has been stellar. I think you got lucky with this one, but here's what like the thing about Iowa is I think they've pretty much flown under the radar. I'm surprised that they've gotten this ranked high. Not under my radar. Okay, they've been on my radar for under the national scene. I think a lot of people just expect them to eventually lose once they start playing the better teams in the Big Ten, which we'll see. They still have to have some you know formidable foes ahead of them, 
But uh, this team's been playing really well, and I think it'd be crazy to see a team like Iowa in the Final Four. But I think it'd be great for college football because it would show that you know a, a team could sneak into that top four. It's not a major. I mean, Iowa is a football school, but they're not one of you know major football schools. Right. I also like to point out Iowa is in the Big Ten. The Big Ten has been pretty disappointing this year. Texas. Uh, or Big 12, or whatever they are now. Well, they're in the Big 10. But the Big 12 hasn't disappointed. Big, Big 12, yeah. Um, Texas lost to Cal earlier this season. Cal is not a great football team. They looked good at the beginning. They didn't really play anyone that was up to par. Yeah. But as soon as they started playing some of those better Pac-12 teams. Well, and I would say, in terms of conferences, disappointment-wise, you get the Pac-12, I mean, Oregon's three losses. They're kind of hurt, shooting themselves in the foot because right. they beat USC. So mm-hmm. now USC's out of contention. Stanford had that early loss. Um... And then also, like you said, the Big 12, they're kind of – the problem with having all these teams so highly ranked is they start beating each other, right. and then you get one – every you know, you don't have a team that doesn't have at least one or two losses. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to get anybody into there. Uh, so I think the Big 12 got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, mm-hmm. all with one loss, but they're going to have to play each other eventually. And if they all lose at least one game, you know, two losses, nobody from the Big 12 is going to get in that Final Four. I agree, yeah. All right, so our next thing we're going to talk about is Les Miles at LSU. Oof. There are rumors that he may be in the hot seat. I'm very surprised, very surprised. I mean, I think uh, they've lost three straight. They've been playing badly, but Les Miles is one of those coaches that I think you don't you don't fire him. He leaves when he wants to leave. He's that. Yeah, he's, he's been around for a while. He's been around for a while. Yeah. He's a great recruiter. He's able to get guys from Florida into you know Louisiana, and he's able to basically see all the Louisiana recruits. Um, but I would be. I think this is just way too early. Uh, obviously, having a bad season. I think this is an overreaction. Um, if they fire Les Miles, I'd be very, very surprised. And if they were to fire him, who could you replace him with? I mean, he's up. He's a. I mean, exactly. he's like a Nick Saban caliber. Exactly. Coach You're going down. No matter who. You, and I don't. Exactly. That's why I don't see. Some people have said uh, Charlie Strong from Texas maybe comes over. Okay. Uh, but he's not been doing great at Texas. So I don't really see where how you can step up from there. Right. Unless maybe you get draw saving from Alabama. I don't know how that happens. Maybe pull Bill Belichick from the Patriots. I don't know. I don't know. I I can't think of a coach better than Les Miles for Louisiana right now. Okay, so now let's talk about the season is coming to an end. I want to hear your dark horse candidates one more time. So you can't pick Iowa anymore. Can't pick Iowa. Right, right. Well, uh, so I mentioned briefly a little reference to this at the beginning of the show. Um, I've got Toledo coming in strong. Toledo, wow. Toledo, a very dark horse, as dark as they get, as a matter of fact. Out of the uh, and you were trying to tell me that you were credible. Well, you know, and hey. you're picking Toledo. Mac football is great hey. football. Hey, Maction, that's what they call it. Dylan wants some Maction, okay? Did you hit your head on the way over here? Hey, hey, we'll see. All right, we'll see. They had a bad loss to uh, Northern Illinois early in the season, but if Northern Illinois ends up losing another game. Toledo could end up winning the MAC, and if they keep that one loss, I mean, that's, it's a dark horse for exactly. sure. Just, very dark. You're just listen to yourself. Solid you're talking potential. about the MAC. I don't even know what that stands for. Uh, Do well, you know what it stands I, for? I should. Look at yourselves. You're picking a team from a conference that we don't even know what it is. No comment. Yeah. Look well, at yourself. Hey, you know, that's a good point. I'll go into mine. Uh, I'm gonna pick again. We're going dark horses. So, North Carolina University. Okay. They're ten and one. Their first loss came at the start of the season against, uh, this is a bad loss to South Carolina. Very bad team. But it was a four-point loss, start of the season, literally the first game. They look um, like a completely different team. They now. look completely different. I think they play Clemson uh, December 5th, last game for them, their last regular season game. I think they pull out the upset against Clemson, who's ranked number one. 
and they move their way into the four spot. You got Marquise Williams, the quarterback who's been playing out of his mind this year, but this you know North Carolina team hasn't really gotten a lot of attention because that early loss to South Carolina, people thought they were automatically out of it. But again, that was so far, that was so long ago. I think you see a team win ten straight games; they're definitely on a roll. Definitely could sneak into the top four. Cool. And I am gonna. I haven't done a lot of research on this, but I tend to just look at the AP rankings, go towards the bottom of the list, and just pick somebody and just like grab somebody. Uh, I saw Navy is in there. Wow. Navy. Is Nine, yeah, they've only got one loss. Nine and one, only lost to Notre Dame. Dame. Notre Dame, yeah. which is a great football program. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna say, watch out for Navy. And that's all you're gonna hear from. Uh, me. You know, you're just giving Dylan uh, a little bit of flack for picking somebody from the MAC. Can you tell me what conference Navy's in? Um, the, um, they're an independent, Owen. They're an independent. <laughs> How is it? Okay, whatever. We'll get. That's for another. Day. I was afraid of that happening. We're just destroying yeah. all of our credibility yeah. right now. Yeah. I think I'm still. I think it's just it like a totem pole. We're just fighting for the top spot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're gonna move on from football and we're gonna talk about some football. Ooh. Oh. So Dylan, yeah. let's Ooh. hear about El Clasico. Real Madrid lost four to zero. All right. So as you guys know, uh, Lionel Messi made his long-awaited return in the game uh, this weekend. El Clasico. It's Madrid, Barcelona, the biggest game in possibly Probably in the, the entire world, world in yeah. all of sports. Um, it's a huge rivalry, a ton of history. Uh, Real Madrid got absolutely stomped this time around um, in a was in it a wasn't even close, right? outcome that not too many people saw yeah, coming. Exactly. No matter how no matter how good or bad uh, both these teams are doing every year, you always expect a really close, tight matchup against uh, from these two yeah, teams. It's a rival game. Really, no yeah, matter yeah, yeah. how how well the rest of the season has been going for either. I'd so it was really a shock to see yeah. how poorly Madrid played and they came out. Ronaldo was invisible for most of the game. I was shocked at that. Messi didn't even play the entire time, just came on later. Um, and they still a little just bit manhandled of a him. Cameo appearance. I'd like yeah. to bring around, okay, obviously these two guys, Messi's been injured, Ronaldo obviously didn't play well against Barcelona. Of the two, who do you think is the better player? Ooh. I would say easily Messi uh, at this point and just pretty much at every time. Uh, Ronaldo's a great goal scorer. He's a flashy player. He's got a lot of flair. He's yeah. uh, marketability, I suppose you could say. Through the roof. But, uh, yeah, but Messi is, is honestly just, just a better player hands down. Statistically, um, Messi, one of his lowest goal scoring seasons he had, um, more goals than in Ronaldo's, uh, like one of his highest scoring seasons, which was last year. Uh, and Messi, you can always see him sharing the ball in a much more, uh, much in a way that's much more um, efficient for his team. Yeah. Although you could attribute that to the fact that Barcelona plays in a type of system that's really different from the way Madrid plays. It allows Messi to make plays. I would I would say though that Messi is all around a, a player that I would much much rather have on the pitch on my side. Uh, than Ronaldo. Yeah, but Ronaldo's cool. You know, I think, yeah. Right, right. Cool, cool definitely Coolness factor. I, I would really like to say Ronaldo here just to piss Dylan off, mm -hmm. just to get on his nerves, but I can't. I mean, Messi's, Messi's the dude is old, and he's still just, also, just he's destroying these young adds, guys. If it adds any credibility, Messi's Messi, younger than Ronaldo. Messi on FIFA, way more fun than Ronaldo. Oh, he's just so quick. Just and he's been on the cover probably more times. Actually, this one right? I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to argue really? with. Really? Yeah, Ronaldo's actually, Ronaldo fun? is much more fun to play with than FIFA. Because um, he's got the boot. He's 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 just he's got a banger, you know. Yeah, he's got yeah. he's got a he's, he's got a big anywhere. kick and he's uh he's got he's got better skills and everything. I won't get too into it, but okay, I'll just yeah. say that Ronaldo is the more fun player to play with, hands down. All right, so now we are gonna talk about some Thanksgiving stuff. Mm, over under. Here I want to hear the over under for the following things. We're gonna start out with. Stuffing. Whew. Uh, 
my question, is it going to be stepping with raisins in it, or the berries, or are we just going to go the plain stuff? Raisins. I mean, after really? after, after, after we had that raisinettes tasting that I did, oh, yeah, I I'm going to say, say definitely no, no raisins. raisins. No I'm going to say stuffing underrated. Okay. Uh, you know, I think it adds some substance to the meal, you know, a little bit, something a little bit heavier, maybe like bread almost. Uh, but yeah, underrated. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, heavily underrated here. I love stuffing. It's actually my favorite Thanksgiving food. Uh, if you put raisins in it, I will, first of all, find you. I will cause you a significant amount of pain, <laughs> and I will then not eat said stuffing because it's been ruined. But yeah. stuffing, you know, without, without raisins, the good old American way, you know what I'm saying, uh, it's, I think, the best Thanksgiving food there is. Wow. Yeah. What about you, Owen? What's your thoughts? I'm going to say stuffing is underrated. I love stuffing. I love stuffing at places. Not just my mouth. Into the, into the turkey? We'll just say into the turkey. I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. Let you think about that one. But, uh, yeah. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> okay. What's the next food? All right. Our next one is cranberry sauce. Now, there are, if you don't know, there are two types of cranberry okay. sauce. There's the one that you got to, like, shake out of the can really hard and it like flops out uh, you can yeah. see the little you know the, the line the indents yeah you can, can see that in and it's like jiggling like jello mm -hmm. and there's also like the the gooier stuff that's like yeah has full cranberries in it and you like slop you've it really on. you've really done your research yeah I've, I've seen this stuff so so tell me about that uh, overrated or underrated the canned stuff overrated i don't know it's just cranberry sauce in general for me overrated because i think you're almost masking the flavor of anything else, you know? It's just such a strong flavor. You're really only tasting the cranberries. What are you going to do, though? What, what, are you gonna do? Yeah. what are you going to do if Aunt, like, just, Marge, like, has terrible crap? It, you know what it does? It just, uh... You just got to shove it, it all over that stuff. It ruins the palate. It ruins the palate. Okay. There you go. Right. That's a word. Talk okay. about credibility. Well, I just climbed up. <laughs> all right. Well, actually, well, I'm going to take that and say uh, it could ruin the palate, but in other cases, it could cleanse the palate. I agree. Okay. Um, it's a good thing to, uh, kind of like a divider between the different, the many tastes of Thanksgiving. Uh, traditionally, you know what I'm saying. Uh, I'm going to say underrated because cranberry sauce is, uh, first of all, it tastes amazing. No matter what okay. you say, no matter how bad it looks coming out of the can like that, it does taste excellent. Um, it is a, it's like a breath of fresh air right in the middle of that meal. And you're just, you're just, oh, heavy, heavy mashed potatoes, turkey, everything's coming at you hot and heavy, beautiful stuffing without raisins. And you just, you don't know what to do next. You just reach for the cranberry sauce, cleanse the old palate like a breath of fresh air. All right, I'm going to say... That's poetic, by the way. I'm going to say yeah. underrated as well. I have an Aunt Esther who um, likes to make... Uh, she likes to make radishes. Who does that? Make radishes? She, she, she makes radishes and cooks them up for freaking Thanksgiving. They're terrible. I can't... Uh, I makes me... I, I don't like Thanksgiving, honestly, now because of the friggin' radishes. But what, I, what I do do, I cover... I cover the radishes in the cranberry sauce. That's very adverse to the spirit of Thanksgiving. Yeah. I just try to, I don't eat them because they still taste too bad. I just kind of push them to the corner <laughs> of the plate. And then nobody nobody tell. questions it because it looks so like purple and terrible that they're just like, oh, there's no he, there's no reason to eat that. This is why I hate America. What? what? We are so wasteful. Oh, okay. I just probably <laughs> could have disbanded on that. I, was I mean, there. the spirit of Thanksgiving, and we're just throwing radishes under other foods so we don't have to eat them. Good Lord. Okay. Our next over-under is the main staple of Thanksgiving, mm. turkey. Uh, again, I'm going to go with overrated. Turkey's, you know, it's good, but I think I'd much rather have, like, a honey ham, for example. There's a lot more flavor. Turkey's just kind of bland to me. So, yeah, overrated. Turkey as a food. As underrated. Oh, the animal. No, I, oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turkey as a food, underrated. Um, I'm going to say 
a lot of people sleep on turkey. Uh, they only eat it like once or maybe twice a year. People are really suspicious of it because of the flavor, and people are always saying, oh, turkey's not as good as people think. Um, but at this point, I would say turkey is well worth it. Uh, it's delicious food. But turkey as an animal, turkey the bird, absolutely overrated. I, I cannot stand I them. I don't you. trust them. I don't know why they make that sound. I don't know why they have that little thing hanging from their neck. They're gobble, yeah. I don't like the way they look at me. I don't like the way they run around Davis like they own the I've place. I've been late to places before because they just get on the They the actually, road. they go onto my roof at night sometimes while I'm wow. sleeping, and you can hear them up there. They go, you can hear them. I can literally hear them They can fly, apparently. They hop up there. They're annoying as 